Thank you so much for tuning in to the Comedy Girl Crush Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Irvin, and today's guest we have, I am so excited, we have JC Kakoli. Hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, JC, um, I just, I'm going to start off with this. Uh, so I saw you as a judge at the Tournament of Nerds. Great uh, show. Last, last Saturday. <laughs> How was that for you? It was uh, it, it was so insane. Um, the Tournament of Nerds was held at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, uh, and Hal's a good buddy of mine, and I am a comic book fan. I'm, I wouldn't consider myself a huge nerd. I just really enjoy it. Um, but that show, <laughs> particularly on Saturday night, went so far off the rails. Like, insanity, um, naked penises that were definitely dealing with shrinkage, and it was... <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin as a character played by an Asian kid who like dumped a beer on my head. Like it was insanity. Um, <laughs> and I loved it. Like I was, I mean, I was having the time of my life. I, I think by like hour one, I was like hammered though. So <laughs> I did, you get, did you get mad at all? Like uh, having beer dumped on you? No, because the truth of the matter is I egged him on. Like I definitely okay. was like egging him on a little bit because I was like, <laughs> I mean, I, I was, he didn't know what shotgunning a beer was and he's Asian and I was like in America we shotgun I like was speaking slowly <laughs> so I got why he did it but unfortunately like I have such a quick wit that like when he dumped like when he like slammed it down on my head like he didn't finish it so he technically didn't finish the shotgun so I like poured it out and I was like oh sorry you're a pussy <laughs> and like the crowd was like yeah which is not how I want to live my life but it was pretty funny <laughs> man who'd have thought you'd go to a nerd debate and I love it. Beer, shotgun, and beers. I didn't think it would be that insane because it was Johnny Pemberton from um, Twenty One Jump Street. He was also judged with me, and then Sam Brown from Whitest Kids. You know, both great friends, and um, yeah, and Mark Andreco is really cool. And it's just like a, it's a wild thing to be a judge in general. But like that, I I feel like everyone's so incredibly talented um, in that nerd department. (laughs) (laughs) You you you've judged that show before, and. if I remember correctly, you did you want to be a contestant on the show originally? I think I think essentially I wanted to do like a couple of characters, but then he reminded me that like they they take that really seriously. Like uh, they take it very seriously and I'm almost better off as a personality right. judging it. Um, and so when we like talked about it at first, he was like, oh, I, I just really think you'd be a good judge. And I was like, well, if you uh, if you give me a chance, he was like, you're a judge. <laughs> no, you're you're awesome. Uh, one thing that was like interesting that struck me, and I wanted to ask you about it. Um, after you uh, you signed autographs after the show, people came up to you. <laughs> does does that happen a lot now? It's been ha- it's <laughs> really weird. It's been happening. It, I say it's really weird. I think it's very flattering and it's very nice. And I was always told thank you f- to say thank you for a compliment. It's been happening a lot lately. Um, especially when I travel, that's been happening. Um, it's sporadic, but I'm always caught off guard. It doesn't matter (laughs) where I'm at. I'm always really caught off guard. Um, yeah, they were huge fans and it's, it's nice to hear the words like I'm a fan, but then you think like, oh, that, that like, but what, what, why, but you know what I mean? Like, I just, I'm really just like kind of, I'm still, you know, working my career. I'm very young in my career. So it's just interesting for somebody to be like, it's a c- I'm a fan of yours. And you're like, oh, no, I'm a fan of yours. Like, and you're like, this is <laughs> it's, it's, it was very interesting. Yeah, there was like five of them. And then they came to another show. And now I'm like, oh, they're stalking me. 
Oh, no. That's I know. Great. Of course not. They're so sweet. We're like the nicest people in the world. I, um, yeah. That's I'm exciting. Always thrown off. Yeah. I, and then it made me weirdly think like, oh, I got to get really good at signing autographs because I is happening. And they always want you to write something like witty. But really, in my head, I'm just like, I want to be like, oh, thanks for being a fan. But like now I'm like, oh, I got to come up with like a top ten list <laughs> of funny things to say. <laughs> I think I, I signed a pretty good one. The girl took a picture of it. I think I signed like, I was pretty drunk by the time I was signing it. So, but it, I put uh, your you're you an angel that fell from the sky you an angel that fell from the sky <laughs> stay a virgin is what i wrote <laughs> so i in 10 years that's gonna be real important that, that will be <laughs> <laughs> she'll be a virgin she will be she'll a virgin stay a virgin <laughs> oh that's exciting mm. um but uh, like well first of all how long would you consider your career to how long into your career are you I started comedy when I was, I mean, I, I went to school for comedy when I was a young kid. So I was like in theater and comedic acting in an arts program. Wait, so what, like, what, what? Like uh, improv classes, like all that stuff when I was a kid. Um, in growing up in Pittsburgh, Carnegie Mellon Pittsburgh Playhouse was the literary theater. I did all that stuff when I was a, a child. And I went into like a, an arts program that kind of did plays all the time. And it moved from theater, I think, a lot more to live performance that wasn't just theater, dramatic. Because I, I think at one point, like during a class, like the senior was putting masks on and they were like, he's a wolf. And I was huh. like, oh no, this is awful. <laughs> like I can't, I can't do this. So I like, I asked the coach, cause we're always doing like improv classes and stuff. And I was like, can you be my coach? And I was like, can I sit in this corner and write? And she was like, yes, write, <laughs> be. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna be writing about you if that's what I'm gonna do. So then I wrote my first joke in that class. And from there, just started doing stand-up at open mics randomly from Pittsburgh and then Florida. So what, wait, what year? How old I were you I think it was 2000 in my first stage time. I would say it was 2001. Um, professionally, I would say the last six years have been professional. The rest <laughs> of the time, I think you're kind of just working on your cadence, getting jokes ready and stuff. Um, but I always consider the first time you've gotten paid that you're, that's your job. And I remember the last actor who started paying me was like, 21. Oh. So I consider that pretty professional. So it's like five years I've been doing this. Man. Yeah. So so you've you've had a long schooling with it, but really it's just in the past. Like you've you've been working at it for a, a while. Yeah, but the past I would say the past five years is when it's really like started to really come to fruition. But you I was doing it for I'd say like twenty six, like twenty six, twenty seven. Wow. And I'm sure it's gonna take that much longer to even be get like super fame, so I'm just like, oh, I'll hang out for a while. I don't know. You're already signing autographs. I mean, I'm really famous at nerdy shows. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, no, that's so cool. Um, uh, stand up is uh, terrifying for me. And did you want to? Did you want to do stand up specifically, or was it? Was there something else that you were also interested like doing improv? Well, I think um, I think all the facets of comedy in general really interest me. I don't think there's for me there's no line. Um, I appreciate all forms. I know that some comedians that are stand up are like, oh, that's the worst, and then other people are like, oh, stand up's the worst. I love it all. I love watching it. I think it's all unique, and it, it all weirdly enough, I think connects. Mm -hmm. um, I think improvisation makes you a better conversationalist and almost a better human being because <laughs> you're you're agreeing to a conversation and I think a lot more people would benefit from taking classes like that and I feel like stand-up is a very personalized thing if you're doing it what I believe the proper way which is very personal and honest and real as opposed to shocking 
Um, but there are comedians that are out there for shocking and they're doing great. But for me, I know that that's like how I enjoy comedy the most. Um, but as far as stand-up, my, my mom kind of had records on when I was a kid. It was a lot of George Carlin in our house and it was a lot of Bill Hicks in our house. And though it wasn't really the cadence I took on, I remember just thinking, wow, they really expanded the room. That's what it's like to tell a story. And um, I, I don't know, as a kid I was telling stories a lot and I noticed people were paying attention to me as I was telling stories. I was able to kind of grab the attention of a room while telling a story, and that to me is what feels like pure yeah. storytelling. I love that. Yeah. Was there was there a comedian who you feel did influence you in your style at all? Um, or did you just kind of figure it out on your own? Or no, I think, I mean, there were so many people, voice-wise, like there's so many people that I took on that I just fell in love with, and Charles Fleischer was the voice of Roger Rabbit, and I was just, obsessed with that and Jim Carrey I think and people laugh at me and they still do that like Ace Ventura changed my life and so did like Living Color with him but him as a comedian and a performer I saw like a wilder form even though it wasn't stand-up and Steve Martin who won't do stand-up today was a huge influence on me um, I watched a lot of Chaplin like a lot of physical very small nuances of comedy that kind of made it he commanded a room as well um, and then for the future, it was Roseanne and Ellen, and um, I just recently became a Joan Rivers fan, just <laughs> recently, which is very funny to me, but Roseanne and Ellen were just so great, because they were so different in a, in a unique way, and then, yeah, no, I mean, today, Maria Bamford is just such a, a person that I love watching, and, and I can always kind of watch her flip back and forth between characters, and it's great, and Sarah's always been nothing but incredible to me every time I've seen her, and she's just like a supportive person. Sarah Silverman? Yeah, yeah, just like a down, just super cool, super like not afraid to do a job, just kind of step and like mercurial. And I, I just love that about those women. They're pretty great. Um, I saw both you and Sarah at the uh, the women's, w it was a women's rights rally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, right. She came and did that for us. It was really cool. That was so great. Yeah. Um, you, like, okay, uh, so the listeners, uh, JC hosted this uh this rally, would would you say you hosted it? Yeah, I emceed a rally for to benefit women's rights and to push for people to have an opinion in the upcoming election and to just push for more women to be involved politically, like, i.e. to run, as opposed to just voting. You know, we, we needed to get more women in the Senate. We have to get more people in the council. We have to get more people involved that are women because you see a House of Representatives and it's it's very familiar to comedy, and Sarah had a great speech. If you remember her speech, oh, it was great. It was phenomenal. Uh, she, you re do you remember uh, it a little? Uh, I loved. She made one reference about um, if you need like feminine feminine deodorants don't exist or something like oh, that, yeah. <laughs> and like that that cracked me up because I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, she's like, if you yeah, if you were using feminine deodorants, like you just go to a doctor because yeah, they so don't. That's something's wrong. With something's you. wrong with you. But no, she had a great speech. No, just she had more than that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she so said like more than that. But that always like that just stuck with me. Like, yeah, she made a speech about how she was going to be booked on something, and they said, "Don't worry, you're going to be the only woman on there." And she was like, "That needs to be changed. That fact that you're using that as like a catalyst for me to come on the show. Like, you don't worry, you're the only woman. There's all ten guys, and you're the only woman." She's like, "That's what we have to start changing, and you have to start stop being excited when you're the only woman." You have to question that. You have to go, why am I the only woman? Because that, if that's happening, then more women should be on. And if you're nervous about the opportunity of not liking people, you're not going to get on the show. 
up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks like for tying it all together yeah, for me. Welcome. That's what I do. I tie things. Um, what do you what do you think about that? Do you think do you think that there is a a lack of women in comedy or do you think it's a lack of support for women in comedy? No, th- there are women in comedy. Yeah. There are great women. I like I spend my days making lists of <laughs> the women that I appreciate and love and love watching and can't wait to see. And they're not just from LA and New York. They are from Boston and Florida and randomly like Texas and just comedians that I'm aware of just in general. Um, that aren't, you know, being pushed, but yeah, I, I think it comes down to the, it comes in waves, and I think the community is only ready for, like, two at a time to blow, mm-hmm. um, and I'm saying that based on my experience knowing, I'm not saying that, like, that's what's happening, I'm just, I'm, uh, that's what I see, I see a lineup and it has six guys and it has one girl, or I see a list that comes out, like, the top 12 comedians to watch and it's ten guys and two girls, so I think that either it has to change and I don't know what the direction it is to change it other than to promote the ones, the female comedians that I think are so great. Um, and I do that, you know, on my show with Jessica Brown, I try to book one or two uh, like at a time to start getting an audience used to seeing mm-hmm. more good females on a lineup um, because that's the important thing too is that there, there really are funny comedians that are females that just, they get booked and they go at it. So. Mm-hmm. How, what was your experience of coming up in the stand-up world and being a woman, especially a, a such a young woman and a pretty woman too? Thank you. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Do you want an autograph? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I I was, you know, I was, I had the same experience I think as everyone did. I didn't look at it as I was a woman coming into comedy. I looked at it as I'm going to be funny. And if I am not funny, I will not get booked. Mm-hmm. If I am funny, I will get booked. And there is a fine line between what is funny and what is not now. And it, it has changed. And it, it's it gone. you you got to be more of a real comic now. You can't just go out there and say things that are on your mind just because you're angry and you want to talk about your sexual experience. People want more now. They're more invested in what you're really trying to say. And if you can connect that in a great story – that's what they'll appreciate most. And if you happen to be a woman, they'll walk out and go, thank you. My, my favorite is when a, a girl, um, especially a Hello Giggles fan, will say, th- yeah, I, I just love seeing a funny woman. I really appreciate that. And, it, you know, that's that's a bummer that they're being fed unfunny women. And I'm sure that these unfunny women are working to be funny. Um, but that is, you know, that's the over that's the overall hanging thing is that, you know, I appreciate you being funny. And you're like, oh, no, that's is, this is my job. I, I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't think it was my job. So I'm really happy I can talk to you about this because I feel like you are such a champion for women in comedy. I am. Um, as am I. Yeah, I, I you know, it. it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it helps that I'm a girl, but I, I just love seeing funny women mm-hmm. and you are hilarious. And I think the moment that I met you, I was like, like hooked instantly. Like I saw you do your show at public house and I was just like, instant fan like i love oh, that's you so cool thank you so public house tell me about so <laughs> public house yeah <laughs> for you guys you all know what you the know show is public houses uh but no your show keep it clean um, yeah. that you host every every single monday every single monday. every single monday yeah um it is a show in los Feliz that i've been doing for going on four and a half years 
Um, and it is a bar that's on uh, Vermont Boulevard and um, Prospect is like it's like Hollywood Boulevard in Vermont in Los Feliz, if you're familiar. And it's every Monday night at 10 p.m. And uh, yeah, I've been running it for four years and I host it and it's this great show and it stemmed Keep It Clean is, you know, ironic just because for TV appearances, you have to keep it clean. So that was the whole ah. point was that I wanted a show that was, you know, basically comedians coming out and testing their sets that they would do on TV. Um, which is great because that that makes you kind of really tighten up your set a lot. And then it strayed from its path and became like this great party show, <laughs> um, which I loved even more. And it's it's very New York, the style of it. And it's very speakeasy like it's not you're not going to see a bunch of suits there scouting. You're not going to see like people uptight because they have to nail their set. Not that that's what's happening at other shows. But for me, I really wanted to run a show that was wild almost and really sporadic and kind of like a really fun place where you can you can end up riffing and get a great bit out of it because you're not pressured to do a really solid solidified set. Yeah. Um, and then just recently they did this incredible renovation. So now um, they demolished my old building and we moved right next door to the same public. It's still public house, but it's this massive two story gigantic bar that's awesome and has like 50 TVs and pool tables and dart boards. And we have this really awesome uh, New York style cubby that we're oh. now in as opposed to being like taking over the bar and like having to fight like drunken bachelorette party <laughs> women like we now have this like exposed brick um, in if it's like 60 people soups intimate and it's just dope and uh, every show now is like like clockwork is just a great fan base and the locals like really enjoy having it so and I give beer away which is like my favorite thing. <laughs> How do you deal with the pressure of, of balancing everything? Because it's not just that. You do so much. I cry on my kitchen floor a ton. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, I have a really strong team. I will say that in a, in a way that I, it's not just like my managers, my agents, my lawyer. It's like my friends and my, my friends and fan base and that are in comedy. And my, my family's a very welcoming thing because they don't know very much about entertainment. So they are open ears to it and they're very just like it you know it's you'll get through it just cry take a bath light a candle make yourself food binge and then go to sleep like <laughs> and you know it, it's a lot the juggling I'd rather juggle than be completely stagnant mm -hmm. I would rather be so insanely busy and filled with a schedule that way I'm it's promoting me to you know eat healthy and exercise because I'm constantly thinking like oh the next day I have this the next day I have that and, you know, and enjoy myself, have a glass of wine on those nights that I do have off. Like I, you'll see today, like I have off technically, but I'm going to go and like, hi dad. Um, <laughs> this, this sweet, sweet man is just walking in and out of the door. Um, and, and, you know, enjoy social life as well because comedy, you cannot write comedy unless you have life experiences. Right. So you have to turn it off a little. So what I do is I do something like this and then I go and hang out at a show because I love to scout talent, as I was telling you before. Like, I'm a scout. I like, always love that, like, scouting talent. <laughs> it's just funny. Yeah, uh, I, wanna, I was about to ask you about that. Um, so you're, you're going to leave here and you're going to go to a show at the UCB. Yeah. And you're going to keep your eye out for somebody to bring a the public house yeah to keep it clean yeah i'm gonna do that and i'm gonna go to another show downtown and scout there as well i say scout because i truly like ever since i saw a league of their own i've been like oh i wanted to be a scout like <laughs> the way that they can look at talent and they can really change the lives of people not that i am in that position to change the lives of people but i think i do 
have a place where I can give people a chance. And I, and a lot of people that are above me gave me chances. And I think it's just really cool to keep that, that triple of that trickling effect going. Um, and you know, because I am busy, I can't know everybody. Yeah. Um, I know people, but I don't know their material or their style and I don't know if they're consistent. So I like to go out and I'm not a comedy guy, but by any means I'm a comedy fan. So when I see people that I haven't seen before and I'm, I fall in love with their cadence or their set. I mean, that's for me is like, oh yeah, please come and grace my stage. That would be incredible. So I do that awesome. as much as I can, which is really great. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I like that. Keeping the community. Alive. Yeah. And not staying so like, these are our six comedians. Like I, I love what Tiger Lily does too to uh, Jazz and Melinda um, Ponce. They're truly some of my greatest friends and they do a great thing too. And we have this cool like vibe going where they run an eight o'clock Tiger Lily show and then I run a 10 o'clock public house show and it's like go to that show and then come to my show and it's this great vibe and that's how it should be it shouldn't be competing like I have a show and you have a show it should always be like hit as many as you can and then like end up in one spot and we can all like talk about how we didn't book today (laughs) so I feel like that's what it's about um, well, speaking of booking, you just booked a gig on Chelsea lately. I did. I just burped too. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, I booked, yeah, I booked a gig on Chelsea lately. I'm super, super pumped. I feel like her and I have a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Uh, vodka and just like I, I, <laughs> tons of vodka. Um, no, I just, I, I, you know, I love pop culture. I don't know if you know that about me, but I love pop culture and I love celebrities and I love the, the conversation that comes with it. And that panel is just so great. And I have so many great friends that are on it, Chris Hardwick and Ben Glebe and Natasha, and they kill it. And I just love the idea of like you get this like, Chelsea brings up a topic and then you have five seconds to make that rebuttal and you got to get it in there and it's this like really fast paced almost like joke off um and I that's like my jam that's like my favorite <laughs> thing I can't wait to like tell jokes on a stage it's just the best oh that's exciting oh, yeah that's exciting yeah I'm sorry I started like burping myself see you're welcome <laughs> thank I gave it you. to you thank you it's like yawning only grosser or not I don't think burping's grosser I think farting is pretty gross, though. I had to, like, stop. Oh, is that... We can't talk about farting on this? No, no. Uh, I mean, we can. Uh, Just farting is great. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. (laughs) I'm, like, I'm the worst. I fart at work. It's really, like... I'm just, I don't even hide it anymore. Like, I did it once or twice, and I was like, all right, I'm done. Like, I'm just going to keep doing this now. No, I get it. Enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) That's Uh, funny. Um, okay, so I'm going to bring this back, uh, back in history, back in time. Um, so you, so you knew you wanted to do comedy from a pretty young age. Like how, how old were you? I couldn't, I couldn't even tell you the the exact age. I just know that the, I think I was 11 when I was dressed up as an alien and like the playhouse that we were a part of like didn't have any money so they put foil on my head as like an alien hat <laughs> and I was just like like Maria looked at me and I was like that's funny and then I was like oh I'm funny and <laughs> that, that was it so I just kind of fell in love with that and watched Seinfeld growing up and Mary Tyler Moore and all those shows and then it was like oh that's I I just I had a what I think is an innate nature for comedic timing um, I think it, you can always hone it and get it better, but I just knew that that's what I was weirdly good at. And I wish I could tr- turn it off. Like, there are moments that I wish I could, like, <laughs> not see the things that are funny, but it just it happens all the time. I'm always seeing things that are insane. <coughs> Bless you. Bless you. 
Um, do you have any uh, Do you have any em- embarrassing stories from like from doing stand up? I mean, every show is a walking ball of embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> You're really just going up on stage and telling your all. Um, you, you know, I don't get embarrassed because I'm an American. Um, <laughs> I've said that before, and I just. Uh, I don't get too embarrassed unless it's me like really messing up on my own hands. Um, I think nerves can get you sometimes and you can jumble up words. Um, I've never been like too drunk on stage or to anything. I I really take that very seriously. But yeah, there there are times that you just you eat shit because your material's not good. Um, And it's embarrassing. But at the same time, it's like you got to get back up on stage and do it again. So yeah. It's better to not waste your time being like, I'm the worst because it's like, this is your job. Yeah. So and you're not quitting. And so you just got to keep like moving. And this is your job. This is your job. I mean, this is a job. This is my job. So it's like you can waste time whining about how that blew nuts. But it's like, what's that going to do? That's not going to make you feel any better. You just got to go home and rewrite the joke and try it again. I guess. Have you have you had to deal with any um, like any major rejections? That have like taken you back a little bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, you in this business, you were rejected almost every single day. Um, as far as being rejected, I think that there's. It's just about uh, you have to be patient because the thing that you didn't get or book or like are allowed to be in on now in a year that might change. Yeah. So you don't want to just go and like poop on all the people that said no to you because (laughs) in five years they're going to probably say yes to you and you don't want to be that person that's like you said no to me when I was nothing now I'm something it's like you shouldn't live your life like that because people change and perspectives change people get better and people get worse and you always want to just keep that door open and that I think is the biggest piece of advice I can give to anybody is your ego wants to stomp on all those people that (laughs) shut the door in your face when you were climbing but in reality, that it will only benefit you if you don't stump on them, if you literally welcome them in. And as creepy as that sounds to be like, keep your enemies closer, it truly is. It is. It's one of those things where you just d- brush it off. It's not that big of a deal that they said no to you, that they thought you weren't funny five years ago because they think you're funny now. Yeah. And that's all that matters. On the on the converse of that, um, what are some of your experiences that are like, your your favorite things that you feel so thankful that you got to experience i travel i think that is the my favorite part about this business and i just am so thankful that i get to travel and meet so many people and live in and out of hotels because that's my favorite thing in the world um and i you know and experience the friends that i have here i have so many incredibly talented friends from directors to dps to um actresses and singers and people that are in accounting in (laughs) universal and really great people that I feel like are very positive. Um, I'm super blessed for hello giggles, which is a gig that I could have never dreamed of in my entire life to be a part of, which is a huge website that is beneficial to women, but also to the community of comedy because they're just really powerful women that kind of do things for a great reason. And they've taken me on the road and they've just welcomed me in a way that I think is just so great. And that came from just knowing my comedy in a way. Um, and through that, I'm learning, you know, the ins and outs of writing and blogging and a whole different perspective of production that I think you wouldn't have had if you didn't open that door up. And uh, yeah, I'm grateful for specific people that I met through Upright Citizens Brigade because they are 
crazy talented and their ability to really like sit down with you and just even without doing it riff out a joke and kind of work out of your brain and not expect anything in return that's just like holy cow that's amazing and you go on the road with that and then you make a living with that and they're just incredible people Hmm. yeah all it's mostly just like the people that i meet i'm always impressed i'm always impressed with people even when they're mean to me i'm just like super impressed with them. <laughs> i think it's great i've got hella warm fuzzies right now yeah that's what i want to give to people <laughs> the more and people think that i'm like crazy because i'm always so positive and happy but it just it it feels so much better yeah <laughs> you know what i mean than just being so angry all the time it's in it's an insane thing and i and i genuinely enjoy life i genuinely enjoy all the bad things about life too Mm-hmm. They crack me up. I was telling my roommate today that I think I'm going crazy. Like, I feel like I'm going insane because I'm so busy. And I was like laughing, crying. Like, <laughs> you know, at that point where you're like laughing to the point where you're crying. She was just like looking. She goes, I think that you just, you have always been this way. You handle insanity in, in an insane way. <laughs> so you, it can't get to you. Like when people get down about like the insane things that are happening, you, it's happening. It's getting to you. But when you fight insanity with <laughs> insanity, it's, you can't, you can't killed i guess i think i don't know what's happening i'm still insane yeah it's a superpower (laughs) Superpower. yeah it's a superpower um hello giggles that i love hello giggles i love that site um because it's it's great for you're right it's great for comedy it's great for the community of comedy and it community of comedy yeah that makes sense um but uh for again what it does for women i feel like um it makes femininity accessible in a in a way that like people can peop- anybody can relate to it even even men you know like everybody loves like cute cuddly like kittens puppies and stuff, yeah i know yeah puppies but uh i feel like you really embody that spirit of hello giggles and and this w- what i feel like is this new movement it's like it's like women's rights but it's not about bra burning it's about Okay, women's rights. We want we want the same respect as as everybody gets, but we also want to wear pink. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And we want to yeah. be fine with that. And yeah, be, and we want to be cute and and look great while we do it. Yeah, and I and I, and I you know I still meet people that are hysterical and they're such uh they're haters and I like the the way that I respond to them is I just hug them <laughs> <laughs> and it it like melts them a little because it's you know people want to fight it. There's badass people that are out there that are badass in a way that they they just they're just like that's not for me. It's just not my thing. But at the end of the day, like. They do have cuddly moments. Um, They're just not as Mm -hmm. open about it. So you want to just allow them to kind of take their time on when they want to like reveal it to the world if ever they want to. Um, But I have I have so many multiple sides of who I am and my personality. This is Hello Giggles is one facet that I truly do believe in. But I also have this like hardcore East Coast side that's very like, you know, in a way I think is very tomboyish and very uh, tough skinned. And then there's that other dynamic that I think is like super emotional. That's just from being a woman in general. (laughs) And I don't think you're ever pinpointed as just one thing. Um, So I'm glad this website represents one specific side and they allow you to go off and do your other things. Cause I, you know, I tweet very crazily too. And they love that about it too. Cause you're not just because you're into that doesn't mean that you're this angel. You're a perfect person. It just means that that is what you embody and you are who you are. So uh, if anybody were ever asking me, like, do you cuss? I'd be like, oh, my God, every goddamn day. <laughs> like, that's just what I do. So it's just funny that you just got to your fan base on that end is just cute. And they're all like One Tree Hill fans, which is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> they're Aww. all sweet. I'll, I'll ask.
I'm going to I'm going to repeat that question. Uh, Leanne just asked. Uh, well, Leanne just said uh, you have a very comedic voice. <laughs> Specific, unique. <laughs> Maybe you should just ask this in the microphone. I can hear it. Leanne, Leanne just asked me <laughs> if um, I, I have a very specific, unique, comedic voice. Um, was that always something I had, or did I somehow acquire that over the course of the years? Would that be it? Did I refine it? Okay, so the question is a great question, and I think there's this moment as a comic, I don't know if everybody else experienced it, where you are really working your stuff out for years and years and years and years and then you're becoming comfortable on stage and you are honing your craft and writing your jokes and then all of a sudden I would say, and it's like this click I call it the click, it's like right when that, like it could be click, 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 click and then it clicks into that spot that you're like oh that's it that's me, me elevated because I'm on stage with a microphone and lights but that's me um, my cadence has always been this very wild almost tangent like sporadic thoughts are everywhere but they come to fruition and they kind of connect in the end but adding material and beats to that I think and this is getting really technical but the the idea of it being that voice um, to me I never thought this is unique I just I ended up being unique that sounds horrible me saying that out loud sounds no. really horrible, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, I never won out to be like, I have to strive for a unique voice. I just learned over the years that this was me and that ended up being a different voice than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Maria, I think Maria Bamford is, you know, you can ask her, did she hone it? And it's like, I'm sure she would respond, you know, not until the day that I realized this was my comedic voice that I think, Oh, I'm going to aim for something different. No, you can. <laughs> um, that's very sweet of you. Uh, I think the of you saying she had just said, Leanne just said, uh, I didn't know if the first time I saw you if I was going to like you, if I would continue to like you type of thing. And I get that a lot because it, it is, I'm an overpowering personality. Um, almost too crazy the stories are I feel like or they're too like that's out there there has to be some kind of lying going on um and it's never it's never lying so and it, it's you would have to see the show a couple of times to really get that it is me and the stories that are happening are real and this is my personality almost because it is tough to believe that somebody I think up there is being as <laughs> real and raw about the stuff so I get that I mean if I were me watching me I'd be like oh god shut up <laughs> <laughs> and I am when I have to listen to my material I'm like oh god no but it helps but you are who you are but I am who it is that's great yeah I love that uh I don't know how to verbalize this but I've been um I've been going through this Lately, we're uh, trying to find my own voice, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm I do more more sketch comedy and improv, um, but uh, th this topic is fascinating to me. This like your comedy is really just who you are, and in order to really be good, you have to figure out who you are first. Sure, and it, it's a constant battle. You yeah. will never know who you are. In, like at, you'll know who you are at that point, but you will constantly shift and change. Yeah. Um, you just have to be aware of of you, what you like and don't like, and you have to be very upfront with it, and, and that will only help benefit you in the future. 
um, when you're kind of like dealing with people in a way where it's like I w- it, it makes them happy and it's like, no, you're not mm-hmm. on this planet to uh, please other people. You're here to make yourself happy and fulfill yourself. So in order for your comedy to kind of hit that most honest point, you have to be comfortable with you um, in whatever way that is that's on you. But it, it that's where it stems from first. And then you can work on material outside of that. When you first started, were you comfortable with you or no. did you? God, no. I was like an elevated voice of myself. I was like, <laughs> I, my personality was there. I remember people telling me like, you're just so filled with personality because I'm not, I had no fear. I kept telling myself on stage, like right before I would go up, I would say, you know, no pain, no gain. I would say like corny phrases like that. And like to have like fear is not an option. Like you go out there and you risk. But um, the truth of the matter is, that, you know, when I went out there, I, my material was very like cliche um, I remember I did like, b- like material about Bud Light commercials and like, <laughs> like ma- I had like four Mandy Moore jokes, like promoting Mandy Moore, like not even like, be like me. <laughs> so it was like, it was just a really weird comedy that I was doing. And, and, you know, I went through a phase two when I was like doing shock value material. Luckily, none of that was on tape ever, never. And <laughs> like, it was, you know, material to kind of shock an audience because they, they sent me to New York and I thought that's what they wanted. And. And the truth of the matter is, like, you're a kid growing up learning comedy, and that's the only way is for you to fall on your face and kind of pick back up and go, why didn't that work? Here's why, and then work it out. And then, you know, sometimes take a break. Like, take that. I took, like, a four-month hiatus where I didn't do stand-up at all just to figure out what I wanted the most out of. And then I came back, and I just was full force with um, shows almost every single night. And that helped develop a voice. What's What's your schedule like now? Oh, my God. Uh, it's so intense, but it's intense in a really cool way. But I, you know, I wake up pretty early. I wake up at like, I'd say like eight o'clock in the morning, almost every morning, regardless if I s- if I have a late night show. Um, I like to be up early and I like to have like two hours to myself to do like coffee and read the news and kind of know what's going on and do my own stuff. Um, you're most creatively active in the morning so I love to write a little right right in the morning as I wake up because you're kind of in a haze and I write characters and kind of sketch ideas and bits that I've worked out and that I've written down and um at around like 10 I shower and I kind of get dressed and it's usually one or two auditions immediately in the morning and then from there you just drive from like one part of town to the other it'll be like a coffee that you meet with your friend writing partner I'm working on a project for MTV right now so I'm constantly being pulled in directions with them and then it's hopefully you're receiving phone calls that you've booked it or like <laughs> you're flying out tomorrow but that sometimes doesn't happen and then I take like naps whenever I can <laughs> like usually they're between like 3 and 3.15 anywhere in <laughs> this like United States I'll be like driving in my car and I'll be like okay I have to pull over and take a nap and I'll like sleep in the car for 15 minutes <laughs> and then you just get back home make dinner get ready for a show two shows a night and then hopefully go home do a little bit of social networking in that sense of like preparing for shows and blogging writing getting hello giggle stuff prepared doing videos audio equipment editing like anything like that I mean it's it's a constant regimen but you edit your own champagne problems Uh, I do but I have I I have a very cool team that like wants to take it further um but I I'm just not ready to like take it to that next step just yet they've already revamped my YouTube page and made like I now have like a YouTube following, which is hysterical. <laughs> I never thought that was going to happen. And I signed with Maker, which is this huge like YouTube company um, that now develops a lot of my comedy stuff. And 
they uh, opened up a whole new world of internet comedy to me, which is really great. And I've like been meeting their talent because they set you up and kind of like in a very J date way. They're like, <laughs> we have talent we think would be really great with you. And you meet them and they're not standups. They're not improvisers. They're just really funny people from Alabama that have a crazy following from a YouTube page and they're incredibly talented. And that's just like, Oh my God, that's so cool that I get to meet people like that because you wouldn't in this hub, you don't get to like hang out with YouTubers. <laughs> so they're my new obsession. Now YouTubers are my new thing. I love them. Oh, it's great. It's all, it's all homegrown. Yeah. It's all homegrown. They do it on their own. It's like magical, yeah. magical thing. Oh, like that epic mealtime show. Yeah, it's great. They're millionaires. Yeah millionaires i mean money aside it's just you created something so insane and now it's yes. a, it's like a positive hit and it's just cool people love it they love bacon it. and bacon and bacon and bacon. yeah do you eat bacon do i eat bacon i'm not really a big bacon fan just because of the chubby fat parts on yeah. it um i love the smell of it though yeah the smell of it's pretty magical yeah i mean i i, I love hamburgers I think those are pretty delicious. <laughs> I like I was sick for the last almost two and a half weeks. I just got better and I didn't eat a damn thing. Like I ate soup and broth and I dropped so much weight. and I was like mad happy about it. <laughs> but now I can tell my body's like we need food. So like after this, I'm going to like grab food and like go and eat and watch the show, which I can't wait for. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, what was your what, what was your what was your schedule like? back then like when you were starting and going to open mics were you going to open mics every night yeah I mean that was it's always especially when you're your own person you're just going to mics every single day and night uh the mics here are they start at like 5 and 5 p.m and then they go on from there but yeah because you're not getting stage time you're not good enough yet technically and you're still working to create a name for yourself because people don't want to book a person that they don't know, that they haven't seen, that they haven't seen as consistent. So, yeah, my schedule was just the same as far as waking up in the morning, working, auditioning, all that stuff. I added, you know, I had waitressing jobs. I had side jobs. I nannied. I mean, I, I did everything I could to make sure I was still providing a life for myself because I think that's incredibly important as an artist that you're not just sitting around making art your only project I think it's an absolutely important and I would teach anybody's children that this is important that you have to have a job too you need to be circulating and making money whether it is waitressing which I know is painful and it's awful <laughs> and people hate it but it makes you money and it makes you a human being and it teaches you a regimen and a schedule and that's absolutely important when you start to go into the workforce if you're spending all your time on your art and comedy you're not living mm -hmm. and you need to live to have experiences to make that better um, there's so many people that I think are making, in my opinion, not a mistake, but just a different an error by just concentrating solely on that. Like, we, I'll starve. I won't make, you know, I won't have any money for food. I won't be able to buy beers and all this stuff because I'm dedicating so much. And I, it's just, you can't. If you want to have a girlfriend, you can't do that. <laughs> like, you gotta have a job. <laughs> you just got to. And I want a girlfriend. Yeah, so. and I want a girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I'm. That's. That's very excellent advice to give. Yeah. Thank you for that. You're welcome. What's what's some more advice? Oh god, that's vague. Um, <laughs> do you have a like a I don't know. What Well, I guess, you know, to somebody who is starting out in stand up, is it really just, you know, go into those open mics? How how do they how would you get past that point of like you've been going to open mics for like ever? And like how do you get past that point of like from the jump from open mic to book shows? 
you just you work you just really put the work in um and it's time i really do believe it takes a ton of time um i think a lot of people especially in this day and age are like i'm good i'm funny i'm ready i make my friends laugh let's go book me laugh factory and it works for some people but most of the times you need to put like 10 years in Mm -hmm. and that's the minimal I really do believe that. I think it's the minimal and that's why you have to just be patient and you can't freak out that you're not getting these specific shows and you're not getting the stage time because (coughs) excuse me, it will come if you put the work in and you're consistent and you are patient. That's the biggest thing because I every year was like, God, when am I going to explode? When am I going to explode? And when I finally stopped caring because I was putting the work in, that's when it happened. Mm -hmm. When I finally stopped being like, when am I going to get this? When am I going to get that? When am I going to... That's when I literally became a comic because you don't you're not waiting for that anymore. You're so busy making it work, going to shows, doing this stuff. And then people are starting to recognize and you're just putting that work in. My advice is to just be patient. Truthfully, that's the that's the ideal thing. Not patient, like sitting around, but patient as you're working. Yes. Yeah. That's excellent advice. Thanks. That's perfect. That's what I do. You're perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um so vh1 <laughs> best week ever are you st- are you still doing it are you there i it, yes i'm still doing it i am still doing it they have us on a um need be basis here in la um which was it's great news because then i can travel and do other stuff but uh yeah they started it last week they're gonna have us come in i think by week four or five a couple of us here in la um, come in, meaning like shoot in LA. Everything's being shot in New York right now. Gotcha. So um, good and bad. I mean, I'm a huge fan of that show. I'm super pumped about it. I- if you're not doing all 14 episodes, that's totally fine. You can still go in and <laughs> crush it and do some really fun bits and do characters. I, I, I'm like excited no matter what. But yeah, it's one of those things where you're, you're told like, this is it. These are your timelines. And then things change in this business constantly. But we're still on it. We're just waiting for the calendar day to get it. So it's like still silly but it's it's good we're still looking forward to it i guess oh that's cool yeah so you haven't you haven't filmed anything yet well i mean we filmed three yeah we filmed three um for promos okay for like promos and stuff and then um like up on the website and stuff they'll do like little videos of like this is jc coakley and all that stuff so um yeah but we haven't shot a current episode yet the first episode was just shot last week they shoot another one this week and then i fly out to san fran and then new york so hopefully we'll shoot something in New York when I'm there and I can be with their, their – I've still never met the crew. I've only met them via Skype. <laughs> and it's like 50 of them. And it's on a, like a two-second delay. It was very strange. <laughs> You'll be like, hi, everybody. And they'll be like, hi. <laughs> so you're like, oh, God, they didn't hear me. They don't like me. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you're so perfect for that show. I love that show. I loved it growing up watching it. It was like my favorite show in the entire world. It made perfect sense. I'm like, oh, just watch things, incredible things happening in pop culture and talk about them. Great. Yep. Sign me up forever. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay. So you've got that going on. You've got Chelsea Lately. Um, uh, like a, a year ago or something, I remember you you were working on a web series with Michael Bush. Yeah. I have Is a Comedy Central web series that will premiere, I think, in the summer. God, they pushed that back for like two years. Uh, Comedy Central web series. I fly out to New York. I'm, um, I'm hosting a show on MTV. It's called Blogger Girls. Um, I'm doing Ooh. that with Ali Wong, and that is me and like – I say hosting, but I think it's like four of us that are kind of switching off and on. Um, What's that show about? It is – it's a show basically man on the street sketch reenactment and a little bit of web video. So what I do for Champagne Problems, you see how I'm like talking into a webcam. 
So blogger girls will highlight some of the best like bloggers in the fashion world and the news world, but covering kind of funny topics for girls in the sense of like, don't, you know, while girls are dancing at a nightclub, like don't hump us, like let us be, you know, <laughs> kind of understand that, like reenactments of that sort. And uh, yeah, we'll be doing man on the street of like, you know, what, like, what do you find sexy in a woman type of stuff? So it's a show basically dedicated to what is going on on the internet in a way. Imagine if Tumblr became a show. Ooh. Which would be kind of cool. So it's that kind of feel. It will be done. Um, it'll be shot 30-minute episodes, 22-ish, not in front of a live audience, but um, man on the street sketch and reenactment. So it's cool. Man, I've got total Tumblr feels now. Yeah. Mm. Tumblr's are great. I mean, I love Tumblr. I'm like obsessed with Tumblr. I follow way too many people on Tumblr. <laughs> and I literally check out all of their stuff. I'm like a psychopath. If I met all of them, it'd be so insane. Uh, are you watching any shows right now? I, I mean, HBO Girls, I, I'm so glad it's back. It's one of my favorite shows that are on. Um, I asked I asked that hoping you would say that because yeah. the last thing you said made me think of Girls. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I hope she likes that show because oh, I, I do too. Of course I do. Uh, I can't wait for Game of Thrones. It comes back in March. I'm like insanely stoked. Um, I fell off the Downton Abbey wagon. I don't know why I just fell <laughs> off of it, but I did. Um I started to watch American Horror Story and it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> so I like turned it off. It was like too jittery for me. And I was like, oh, I'm getting completely nauseous. Um, I love Buck Wild on MTV. Um, this is a show that is horrific for our youth. <laughs> and it's all these kids from West Virginia. And I lived so close for, to West Virginia because Pittsburgh's like on the outskirts of West Virginia. Um, so I know those people, not, not like personally, but I know of them and I'm just like, oh, great. This is what we don't need for America, but what we do need for me. <laughs> so I've been watching that show, which is really great. And, um, reruns of Veep because I think Veep is an incredible show. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a Louis fan through and through. So I, I watch as much Louis as I can. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Netflix is my best friend. I watch a ton of stuff on Netflix, so I, I don't stop watching movies is really what it comes down to you know what's pissing me off lately what people who are getting upset at louie for taking time off to like take a to figure out his shit that pisses me off oh well everyone gets mad at everybody that's what i've learned in this business he can go take his time off yeah he needs time off yeah it's like you were saying you need a break you need a break you've got to live life yeah otherwise you go insane you literally go insane i'm going insane all the time (laughs) all day every day uh, probably since you were little though right? yeah I mean, absolutely <laughs> you were a tomboy growing up yeah man I was such a tomboy growing up I am um, my best friend David who's actually living in the Ukraine right now teaching English to people for the Peace Corps which if you knew of him when he was a kid that's insane <laughs> um, but yeah I was such a tomboy that like I went to school my first day of Catholic school in like red boots and not wearing the uniform at all because my uniform didn't come in on time and he excuse me, I have to blot, was like hitting on me third grade style, I guess, <laughs> apparently. And I throwing was, things in your hair. No, it was just like tapping me like, hey, girl, stop. And he'll tell this story way funnier than I will. But he reminds me of George Costanza. He's literally that funny person. But um, he was sitting behind me and I was sitting in front of him. I was just trying to pay attention. And he like tapped my shoulder a couple times and I turned around and he was like, and I, I don't know if he asked me out or he was just like, hey, girl, stop. And I looked at him dead in the eye and I said, does this hurt? And I took a sharpened number two pencil and I stabbed it through his hand and I was sent home within 30 seconds of being in school. 
and I was like, oh, okay, I'm a tomboy. <laughs> and then I used to like climb up the trees when my mom and I would get in like fights. I didn't want to do the dishes. I would like in my Catholic school girl uniform, climb this massive pine tree, get sap all over me and sit there. And she would be like, please come down. And I would be like, no. And I would sit there for hours and she would put food like at the bottom of the tree Aww. stump. And I would like shimmy down, grab the food, climb back up. I was a psychopath. Aww. I don't know. I, I don't know how I did it. And then I, ugh, I had so many crazy stories about my sister and I. We were like, I was like, we need to build a tree house. We need to build something, a clubhouse, anything. And she was like, okay, fine. Take the shed. She's older than me. And she was like, not into me. She was into boys. And I was like, you need to start playing with me more. So I <laughs> got like a ton of paint. And my mom was like, okay, you can have this shed in the back house. Make it your tree house, whatever. Make it this house. And I was like, okay, great. So I was like, I'm going to call it the Cool Kids Club, but I'm going to spell it with all Ks. Ha <laughs> ha. And like, like an hour later, my mom comes back with like iced tea to like hand to me and she just sees KKK written on the back. <laughs> and I'm like nine. So of course I don't know anything about any of like America's flaws. And I'm just, she's like, take that down. She like has to repaint it immediately. And I just remember my sister was like, this is why we don't play with you. And I was like, I don't know, because I'm a racist. I don't understand. <laughs> it was just oh, those memories. So yeah, tomboy. Absolutely. <laughs> now I've settled because I love like not hitting people anymore. I don't, I used to hit people all the time. It was just like my thing. <laughs> and so luckily I've like that's faded. And uh, I became like a fashionista, which saved my life, I think, a little bit more because <laughs> it's way safer and way better for me. I don't think Tomboy would have worked out for me too much. I would have gotten my ass kicked. Way too much. <laughs> I have a friend like that. And it's just she punctuates everything by hitting. Yeah, I'm just that. Like, yeah. And then one day somebody was like, if you touch me again. I will kill you. And I was like, okay, well, that's it. Uh, well, JC, I think we're coming to the end. Well, yay. I'm blotting my lipstick. Sorry about that. No, that's good. Uh, always blot. Always blot. I don't know what that means. It's from a movie, I think. Oh, is it? I think it is from A League of Their Own. I'm not even kidding. Oh, God. Yeah, when they went to the etiquette school. And she was like, blot, blot. Forget it. Anyway, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. I really appreciate it. I no love problem. you. You are just, you have an effervescent spirit. <laughs> um, I like uh, insta loved you. I got from the instant that I sec saw you and like met you is that you're you're just a genuinely like happy Aww, and and warm you. person. And thank, thank you. you. No, no problem for, for promoting that in this world. See, and I don't even need drugs. I'm just gotta be <laughs> a happy person. I do. I'm going to go get high, guys. Thanks for <laughs> tuning in to the Comedy Girl Crush podcast. Once again, thank you, JC Kokoli, for coming on the show. Make sure you check her out on Chelsea Lately on February 19th, mm -hmm. is it? And uh, within the next couple of weeks on VH1's Best Week Ever, amongst all the other shows that she listed. Uh, once again, thank you for tuning in to the Comedy Girl Crush podcast. I'm Nikki Irvin, your host, and keep crushing it. Thank you.